Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Thank you again for joining us on the program again this week. I trust you're setting your DVR and you're tuning in every week. And like I said, if you've missed a program, you can go back to YouTube and you can kind of uh, uh, listen in again to some of the things or watch them uh, uh, on YouTube because we've archived everything we've done to date uh, uh, on this series we're doing on uh, the book of Revelation and eschatology. I have on the set with me again this week and we'll have for several weeks uh, uh, John Noe, who is an author of several books. Now, let me just talk about John for a moment because I've read of some of his material over the years. Then I had the opportunity to meet him. He lives in Indianapolis, and I uh, uh, just felt like it was time for him to come on and say some things. There's some things that he says that are closer to what I believe than probably anybody else out there, and just is such a scholar in some of these areas and a uh, recognized by many as a as a uh, you know an authority in a lot of these issues. Uh, he is the president of. Prophecy Reformation Institute. He's a conservative evangelical scholar and a member of the Evangelical Theological Society, where John has presented, watch this, 17 theological papers on eschatological reformation issues. He holds an earned PhD in theology from Trinity Theological Seminary and the University of Liverpool with distinctions. He's the author of several trade published books uh, that you can get on Amazon.com. I encourage you to go to Amazon and uh, get his books. You'll see also his uh, website and you'll see his email come up on the screen and you can uh, go and get his books. He, he wrote one called Unraveling the End. That's the one we're talking about here. Uh, it's a balanced scholarly synthesis of our competing and conflicting end time views. He uh, looks at uh, some of the uh, differing views and brings uh, uh, the best of each and begins to bring a synthesis. So that uh, what he does in this particular book is he doesn't deny that other camps doesn't have some truth. What he does is he grabs the truth from each one and begins to merge them together. I love that concept because we can learn from one another. Uh, he also wrote one called The Greater Jesus. He's got one called The Perfect Ending to the World. He's got one called Off Target. He's got one called Peak Performance for Principles of High Achievers. John is a screenwriter. He's an award-winning entrepreneur and a past 20-year member of the National Speakers Association. He's been featured on numerous television programs and radio programs, including CNN's Larry King Live and CBN's 700 Club. He's climbed mountains around the world and lives in Indianapolis with his wife, Cindy, who was a former state, rep a former state representative and quite a, uh, a classy lady. I met her in Indianapolis, but it's good to have you on the program again, John, and um, it's great to have you. We were talking in the last segment. We set the stage dealing with the this uh, uh, last days or end time fiasco. And we talked about the problems with that. And then we began to talk about uh, in that in the last segment, well, we talked about how uh, a lot of the people who would be more liberal have discredited uh, the scripture. Not always liberals, though, but it was a lot of people have tried to, because uh, what they see in the scriptures didn't fit with their paradigm, they've discredited the, the writers of the New Testament, like Paul and Peter. Peter and John, who, who believed they were living in the last days, and even Jesus, who over and over again tells them, this generation will not pass away until everything I just told you comes to pass. And uh, they discredit the scriptures and the validity of the Word of God because they say what Jesus said 
And what these apostles said did not come to pass. Now, in my view and your view, it did come to pass, but because it doesn't fit their paradigm, they want to kind of discredit the Scripture. But I believe it does more justice uh, to the Word of God than anything else. Because one of the things about the Bible and, and one of the things about uh, our God and our, our religion other than anything else is that our prophets spoke of things that were to come to pass and that God would speak them through prophets and they would come to pass. There's no other book like that where, where they would prophesy things that would come to pass with such detail and such time and preciseness and all of those things that precisely, exactly like God said they were. And we're going to get into some of that because the preciseness of, you know, uh, of these things was exact just like Jesus said it would happen, and just like the prophets said it would happen. And when Habakkuk prophesied, he prophesied uh, that uh, uh, he, talk, he didn't talk about uh, the end of time. He talked about the appointed time of the end. And that's very, very important because it's not the end of time. Matter of fact, you, you know, you go, you know, talks about the ages to come. God would make known by the, uh, you know, the church, the manifold wisdom of God. Uh, people would quote something like uh, uh, Revelation 10, where it said, time no longer. But that actually is, a, is, is a translated, there would be no more intervention of time, that there should be more, any more waiting or delay. No more delay, delay. theory again. And we talked about delay theory on the last program and how yes. we've created gaps, gimmicks, and all kinds of theories it's an addition. that are not biblical. And it's I'm going to let you biblical. take it from there. Well, Good Lynn, to have you on the program. Great to be out back in the mountains again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we serve a God who is a God of order and design in everything He does. I mean, everything. Uh, from the very beginning, in, in the creation of the heavens and the earth, uh, he had a plan. Mm -hmm. He had a purpose. He had a time frame, mm -hmm. seven days, mm -hmm. actually six. Mm -hmm. He rested on the seventh. Mm -hmm. and, and, and he completed this with mathematical precision. So here in West Virginia, when you go up in the mountains on a star-studded night and you look up into the sky and you see the, all these white dots up mm -hmm. there. It's kind of twinkling and, and it seems like they're just floating around up there and, and, and it, you could probably see the Milky Way mm -hmm. here because you don't have as much uh, light contamination <laughs> yeah, yeah. or pollution and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we can in Indianapolis, sometimes we mm -hmm. can't. Uh, well they're not just floating around up there in space. They are flying through space at astronomical speeds and with mathematical precision, so much so that people all around the world set their clocks by that mm -hmm. dependability. Mm -hmm. And so much so, dependability, that that's why space flight is possible. Mm -hmm. That you can, we can, we've been able to figure out the mathematical precision that God placed all those there and spinning them through space. Mm -hmm. And when we invented the, uh, or launched the Hubble uh, telescope, I think it was 1990s, if I remember right. I mean, we've explored even further away into other galaxies and, and are just amazed with what we're finding mm -hmm, there. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just, you know. Uh, it's just mathematically it, it, yeah, ingenious. It's so yeah, and, and, and And the more we know, the more we know we don't know. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's fabulous. And so, so if we take our gaze from up and out and, and turn it down and in and start looking into an electron microscope, which was invented back in the 1930s, I believe, and we look into the cell, and by the way, Darwin, 
never had that advantage. Mm -hmm. He had no idea. Nobody at that time of mm -hmm. Darwin knew what was in the cell. Mm -hmm. That's why uh, uh, Beebe wrote the book Darwin's Black Box, the mm -hmm. cell. But we can not only look into the cell now, we can look into subatomic particles. And guess what, Lynn? They are spinning through space as well mm -hmm. at astronomical speeds inside everything that exists inside this table right here. This mm -hmm. table is not solid. Mm -hmm. Actually, this table is 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 more uh, can uh, can uh, there's more vastness of space in this table than there is so solid factors mm -hmm. because they're spinning uh, in your body. The, the, it's spinning particle in and mathematical precision in this book in this coffee cup in this in the pages of this Bible. Mm -hmm. Mathematical precision. Well, our God of uh, order and design, plan, purpose, time frame, and mathematical precision in the creation of the physical material uh, universe, world, and everything that exists is also the same God of order and design, plan, uh, purpose, time frames, and mathematical precision of fulfillment in the covenantal creation or in the plan of redemption. Mm -hmm. And it, it is just absolutely amazing to, uh, to see this. And let me fast forward here. So everything that he created physically and covenantally with this plan, purpose, and precision has been fulfilled mm -hmm. exactly as and when he said it would exactly as and when Jesus said it would exactly as and when every New Testament writer uh, guided by the Holy Spirit John 16 13 into all truth and told what was going to happen expected it mm -hmm. to happen what were they expecting to happen this brings us to the appointed time of the end mm -hmm. 700 years before Christ God told his prophet, again, God doesn't do anything without revealing his plans to his servants, the prophet, mm -hmm. Amos 3, 7. Mm -hmm. Habakkuk, he told Habakkuk that there was such a thing as an appointed time of the end. Mm -hmm. When had it been appointed? Probably back when Jesus was slain before the foundations of the world. Mm -hmm. Appointed, determined, mm -hmm. set in place, couldn't be revoked. Mm -hmm. Nobody could mess it up, couldn't mm -hmm. be thwarted. Appointed time of the end. And that it, and this is Habakkuk 2 3, that this appointed time of the end would not prove false. The critics, even C.S. Lewis, has said, well, it's proved false. Mm -hmm. uh, those who attack the deity of Jesus in the battle on the Bible say, well, this stuff is proved false. And if they weren't right about those kind of things, maybe they weren't right about a lot of other things mm -hmm. as well. You've dropped your microphone, John. Repin that real quick oh, on here. Sorry. Oh, sorry about that. Okay, bear with us. All right, would not prove false. Mm -hmm. That's where we were, right? And that it would certainly come, and that's what we're proclaiming. Mm -hmm. It certainly came as and when it was supposed to come, and it would not delay. Again, the church has been preaching delay for yep. 19th centuries and counting. Uh, who should we believe, inspired prophets yep. or the uninspired church who's preaching uh, delay theory? Well, 100 years later, God reveals to another prophet the specific time frame with which the appointed time of the end would come mm -hmm. and with which the Messiah would come. Mm -hmm. This is the mainstay of messianic authentication. Mm -hmm. Daniel's two time prophecies. Mm -hmm. Now there's four time prophecies yeah. in, in the book of Daniel, but mm -hmm. we're talking about the two that are 
time spe uh, very specific. That yeah. is Daniel's 70 weeks of years in mm -hmm. Daniel chapter 9 and Daniel's time of the end time prophecy in Daniel chapter 12. So with your permission, let's go there. Let's do it. All right. Now, you want to explain what we have well, here? Well, we have, this is actually a timeline from one, from one of John's books. And again, you can get his books at Amazon.com. But uh, in, in the, you know, uh, what, what most people have done is invented, like you said, delay gap theories. And I, you know, I never thought of it before until I heard you say this about Matthew 24, where it says the wicked service says, my Lord delays his coming. But Daniel's prophecy that began, that you're going to begin to share about, has no gaps, no gimmicks. There's nothing in there about a gap. As a matter of fact, it is the appointed time of the end without any delays, like Habakkuk said, because most of our futuristic schemes of interpretation come from a gap theory that stops somewhere in the middle of this uh, 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 prophecy that stops uh, right right in here I think where some mm -hmm. of them are or is that uh, and, and then uh, there's seven years of tribulation somewhere out in our future right and uh, but we're going to show you that the seven years of great tribulation that the Bible talks about is not out in your future it has already occurred and this is John's chart so I'm going to let him begin to deal with this prophecy and the times uh, and the appointed time of the end and then if we don't get it all in this segment we'll come back and do another one but you don't want to miss this so I'll let you go ahead. Well you're, you're correct and a word of caution there are a wide variety of interpretations here uh, and they're conflicting and they use manipulative techniques like interrupting the time frame between the 69th and, this, and the 70th week is a, is a classic one, flip-flopping uh, time segments uh, of Daniel's prophecy, elongating things, uh, you know, coming up with a whole bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. But what we're, what we're going to explain here to our viewers, Lynn, uh, is what I believe is the a, is a most straightforward, uh, the clearest, the historically documentable uh, and, and uh, understanding of how this was fulfilled, mm -hmm. and I believe you'll find it uh, very impressive mm -hmm. and, and very defensible. In fact, uh, in, in my uh, course on hermeneutics in my doctoral program, uh, this was one of the uh, textbooks we used, An Introduction to Biblical Interpretation mm -hmm. by Drs. Klein, Bloomberg, and Hubbard. Mm -hmm. And here's what they had to say. They, they, they asked the question, said, well, what do we do uh, when interpreters disagree. And this is a major area of disagreement. Mm -hmm. I mean, this sets the whole stage for the eschatological fiasco, mm -hmm. is failing to understand how this was literally, sequentially, chronologically fulfilled in precise mathematical uh, precision. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that's redundant, but that's, that makes the point. They said, how do, how do we, how do, how do we uh, what do we do when interpreters disagree? How do we proceed when well-intentioned Christians come to different interpretations? Well, duh, uh, about the meaning of a text or a passage. Uh, and then they say this, they said, where one view, uh, uh, where one view more readily emerges from the historical sense of the text, text it must stand. The historically defensible interpretation has the greatest authority. That is, interpreters can have maximum confidence in their understanding of a text when they base that understanding on historically defensible arguments. Yeah. Now, many of our viewers may not believe what we're going to lay out here, mm -hmm. but what they will have to believe is that this is historically defensible. Yeah. No gaps, no gimmicks, no, no exegetical, exegetical gymnastics. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about literal, sequential, chronological, Historical, historical, defensible fulfillment. Fulfillment. Yeah. 
uh, a mainstay, again, a yep. messianic authentication that most of the church has missed because they deny it. Yeah. Sad to say. All right. That's start. Uh, if uh, your viewers would like to turn to Matthew, or excuse me, Daniel, yep. chapter 9, uh, we'll start with verse uh, 27, or 24, excuse me, through 27. Uh, and let's just read it here. Seventy-sevens are decreed or determined for your people. Stop here. Uh, most interpreters uh, understand that to be 490 years. Mm -hmm. I agree with them. I won't get involved in that on this program, but more details on why that's so. But, 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 I but, think but most people agree, most with, people it, agree yeah. with that. And this was the time that was determined upon the Jews. Mm -hmm. Now that's real important to understand that. Yep. Of Jewish preeminence. Yep. The gospel was to the Jews first. Yes. That's real important in understanding how this was fulfilled. So that right off the block, uh, right out of the blocks, that's what uh, Daniel's saying here. Seventy-sevens are determined for your people and your holy city for these six purpose clauses. To finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Mm -hmm. That was what was to happen, mm -hmm. the time, and that was the purposes for the time. Mm -hmm. None of that happened in the, in the second century BC in the Antiochus Epiphanes time, yeah. which is what the Jews were told was a fulfillment of that. Mm -hmm. None of that None happened. None of it, yeah. Know and understand this. From the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one. Now that's what I'm talking about. When I'm mm -hmm. talking about a mainstay, a messianic uh, authentication, mm -hmm. this is how I believe the, the uh, kings of the East knew that uh, Jesus' birth w was about to happen because they had worked through this time frame and worked it back to, to when he would have to be born. Mm -hmm. Until the anointed one, the ruler comes, there will be 77s. Now that's the, the first segment. That's 70 uh, sevens of years or 49 years and 62 sevens. Mm -hmm. That would be right here, then 49 uh, years from 457 B.C. to 408 B.C., right. and then the 434 years from, uh, from 408 B.C. to A.D. 27, right? Right. That would be the first 69 uh -huh. of the 70 weeks. Okay. All right. There would be... Uh, Which would be a total of 483, right? Be a total of 483. From here, to, from, from 457 B.C.? Well, well, hold on to okay, the yeah, starting yeah, point. Okay, we'll get right, to the starting point right, in a minute. Right, but that okay. would be 483 of the 490 years yeah. in the first two say It will be rebuilt with, a, with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. After 62-7, so this would be, this is the 62-7, mm -hmm. so this would be here right. after 483 years. After the 62-7, the anointed one will be cut off and have nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to argue that this is after that. Mm -hmm. But all it says here is after the, the, the 483 mm -hmm. years. It doesn't say when mm -hmm. yet. After. Mm -hmm. And then it, it mentions some other things that would happen after the 483 years. Mm -hmm. uh, the people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city. Mm -hmm. And the sanctuary, the end will come like a flood, and war will continue until the end, and desolations have been decreed. So we have the Messiah after the 483. We have the Messiah being cut off. We have the city being destroyed. Uh, we have war coming uh, and, and the end. Mm -hmm. But all, all it says here is after. It doesn't mm -hmm. say when. Mm -hmm. Very important. All right. Stay tuned. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. 
This is the last seven, the, mm -hmm. the 70th week. Uh, with one set, but in the middle of that seven, after three and a half years of ministry, in the middle of that seven, mm -hmm. here we are, mm -hmm. uh, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering. How did Jesus put an end to sacrifice and offering? He became the ultimate sacrifice. There you go. Once for all, right? Yep. yep. Is there any more sacrifice to be offered after a Not once for all? One. No. Well, why would we want to rebuild the temple and start sacrificing animals again? It would be almost to me an abomination. If, I mean, that, almost. That, when the prophet said that, it would be like offering to, wouldn't it, uh, swine's blood on an altar or a dog or something like that. If you, don't, if you go back to the blood of bulls and goats, it's walking back over the blood of Jesus and saying that the blood of the covenant is an unholy thing. So, uh, And the one who causes desolation will place abominations, notice the plural, on the wing of the temple until the end that is decreed or determined is poured out on him. Now, there's a lot we can talk about in this. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of details here, which we don't have time in this mm -hmm. program. So I just want to hit on a few highlights here. I'll tell you what, let's just go ahead. We'll keep on rolling the cameras until we get this laid out. And we'll just, for those of you who are watching, uh, uh, if we don't finish in this segment, we're going to cut it and, and you'll see it again next week. So just stay tuned and we're just going to keep on talking in this segment because I want you to be able to get this timeline without having a break here. So it, it, let's just do right. that. Let's and and what we want to emphasize once again is we want to show how all this was fulfilled, Lynn, mm -hmm. uh, in a firm, unbroken sequence of chronological time. Right. No gaps, no gimmicks, no delays, no interruptions. We want to talk start to finish mathematical precision. Again, mm -hmm. this is the God who put this in place, who has a plan, has a purpose, has a time frame. This is a time frame. Yep. Uh, and, is, and fulfills what he does with mathematical precision. Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about, yep. divine perfection here. Okay, the starting point would be a decree from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, Daniel 9, 25. There are three decrees by Gentile kings that, uh, that affected the rebuilding and restoration of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. The first one was in five, uh, 538 B.C., mm -hmm. the decree of, of Cyrus. The second one in 520 B.C., the decree of Darius. And the third one uh, in 457 B.C., the That's decree of Artaxerxes. I believe, for reasons I've documented here, that this is the one, this is the latest one, by the way. And he's the one that gave the decree to restore and build Jerusalem. Right, mm -hmm. right. Not just the temple, right. but, but Jerusalem through right. letter of passages. And he did that in 457 B.C. 457 B.C. And yeah. I believe it is Ezra chapter 7 documents that. I believe it is. Uh, yes, uh, 7, 11 through 26. Okay. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right. I believe that's the best one. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the last one. It, it, it decrees everything, not mm -hmm. just the temple, but, but the whole, all Jerusalem mm -hmm. and so forth. All right. Uh, fast forward. Uh, it will be rebuilt with, with uh, streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. So we come to the first seven weeks here. Mm -hmm. that's, what, that's when that, that took place. And then we go into the next segment, the 62 sevens. Now, now wasn't that Jerusalem was restored and rebuilt 408 B.C.? Was that was, with Nehemiah and those guys during troublesome times? It actually it? started in 520 okay. with uh, Zechariah and Zerubbabel, mm -hmm. and then was finished up in about that time. But during a troublous time, that's when oh, all yeah, the, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, then we go into the 62 sevens here. Mm -hmm. All right. And this takes us up to the anointed one. Mm -hmm. This is until, until the anointed one. Would come AD in. 27. And if you do the math, and keep in mind we're going from BC to AD mm -hmm. here, so and there's no zero year. Right. But if you do the math, that is 483 years, folks. Yep. To the Just to like the Daniel prophesied. To the anointed one. To the one. anointed one who would come. And in four, what happened in 427? 
Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River and anointed. The dove lands on him when he comes up out of the River Jordan. Well, we don't know if it's dove or it was the Holy Spirit, like yeah, a dove, yeah, like yeah. a dove. Yeah, like a dove. But, but, but anointed. Mm -hmm. There's no other event in Jesus's life, both either previous or subsequent, mm -hmm. that, that, that could be uh, uh, termed yeah. an anoint. I mean, that was the anoint. Yeah. I mean, that, that was the beginning of his public ministry. Yeah. Again, this is the timeline of a major uh, mainstay uh, messianic. Yeah. Uh, now, now think about the preciseness of that. I want people to listen to. Think, think, now, God spoke this way ahead of time that He and, and gave Daniel understanding concerning this. From the going forth of this commandment until a Messiah would come on the scene would be 483 years. And exactly, exactly, and precisely without any gaps, any gimmicks, any stop things, any theological uh, gymnastics, or gymnastics uh, it came exactly like he said. And Jesus comes up out of the river, Jordan, and the Spirit of God descends on him like a dove. I've always said this too as well, John, because I believe theology is covenantal. It, 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 in other words, something's about to change here in the river. I, I have a whole series I did uh, called uh, 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 the government of affirmation where I talk about John the Baptist is in the River Jordan with Jesus and he's the son of Zechariah and he's a Levitical priest. And what he's doing in that river is he's not baptizing Jesus for the remission of his sins mm -hmm. because Jesus doesn't have any sin. But I believe one of the things, there's a lot of stuff going on here, but I believe one of the things that's going on in this river was that Jesus is being baptized because you had to wash every priest. Here's Levi who is a priest after the order of Levi, and he's baptizing Jesus, who's about to become a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And if there is a change of priesthood, mm -hmm. there must of necessity be a change of law. So what we're talking... Had to be. Yeah, what we're talking about here is crossing the Jordan River again, but this time we're not crossing over into a physical promised land. We're crossing over into a spiritual promised land called uh, the New Covenant and called rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ because this is the pivotal point where everything's about to be changed. If this stuff's still in our future, we're in real trouble, aren't we? In other words, you know, uh, if he wasn't, uh, well, I'm, I'm doing all the talking here. I'm going to let you jump back in. But really, if he's, you know, uh, 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 that, that these are some of the most redemptive prophetic oh. words that happened during this seven years of anything. Mainstay. I mean, that's some powerful redemptive stuff that Daniel prophesies what happened, make an end of sin, bring in everlasting righteousness. That's how you know who the true God is. Yes. And if it's still in our future, we're still in our sin. If it's still in our future, then this stuff didn't work. It didn't work. And we have big problems. Yes, sir. And that's where everybody discredits. That's right. All right. But there's still go more ahead. to go. Yeah, go still ahead. more to go because not everything that was determined there happened during yeah. this time right. frame. Right, right. Now, we do know in, in, in Daniel 26 that the Messiah is cut off in the middle of the 70th week. But there was other things that were determined here yeah. besides that, you know, like war and the destruction of the yeah. city and yeah. the end and all stuff. Which For anyone struggling to understand John's writings in Revelation, this book provides true, biblically-based answers. Through detailed insights into the letters John wrote to the seven churches of his day, you will learn how to avoid the mistakes of the early church to overcome today's trials and tribulations. This book will provoke you to thought and dialogue, bringing greater clarity and revelation of Jesus Christ.